going on, guys? It's Seth back with another Defense Wins Fantasy. I'll tell you what, it's Memorial Day weekend coming up, and this Indiana boy is just excited about the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. It's just one of those events you have to go to once in your life. I promise you, you'll enjoy it. But because it is the 107th running, we are going to talk about the seven players to watch for a breakout year two. These are guys one year removed from their rookie year. We're going to look at seven of them. We're going to talk about why I think they have the opportunity to become big-time players in your fantasy league going forward. The first one that we're going to talk about is probably the most well-duh pick on the list, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau. The season started with him being injured, right? Got that dirty hit in the preseason, hurt his knee, so he really didn't get a, a good starting run on the season. But he really started to get into the groove down the stretch. He looked athletic. He looked like he was putting it together. It looked as though the game slowed down for him. This team surprised a lot of people last year with their ability to win games, made the playoffs. So the opportunity on the defensive side to be in a positive game script, to be able to pin the ears back and rush the passer, is going to be there. The fact of the matter is, this whole defensive line is looking very, very impressive. I think that he's going to have the opportunity to really push in to a top 15 D-lineman position, defensive end specifically. And the fact of the matter is, he's going to surprise people with the amount of other bonus kind of plays that you get. Yeah, the sacks are going to kind of increase, obviously. But he has shown the ability to intercept passes. I feel like he's going to have a massive year with batted balls. He's going to be able to get some fumble recoveries, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends the season with one or two defensive touchdowns. I know that's a big ask, but his athletic ability is going to put him in a positive position to be able to do this. So Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end for the Giants, is my first player to basically watch for a year-two breakout. Now the next player I'm going to talk about is, is an interesting one. And I will say that this list is in no rhyme or reason. It's not my most likely to less likely. These are just the guys as I was thinking about it flowed out of my brain and onto paper. So the second guy that I wanted to talk about is James Houston, the linebacker slash D lineman for the Detroit Lions. Everybody wanted to talk about Aiden Hutchinson last year, and as they showed up, he had a phenomenal rookie campaign. He looks strong. He's going to be a very, very talented and great piece for that defense for years to come. But down the stretch, there was this gentleman by the name of James Houston who barely got on the field all of last year to the tune of 140 snaps is what he got on the field. What did he do with those 140 snaps? Just a ho-hum eight sacks. Eight sacks. He got a sack every 18 snaps he was on the field. That is absolutely absurd. Obviously, that pace will not continue. If it did, he's talking about breaking the sack record this year. But the fact of the matter is, 
it takes talent to get to the quarterback. It takes just a skill set that you have to just have a knack for and be good at. So he didn't fall into getting eight sacks. He didn't just stumble upon this just happening, right? The fact of the matter is, is that you pick this guy up if he's on your free agent wire because you're going to be pissed if we sit here, don't pick him up, and he just explodes next year on this defense. This defense is going to be much better this coming year. And part of it's going to be because of James Houston. Part of it's because of Jack Campbell. Part of it's because of the retooled secondary that's going to be able to actually give these pass rushers more time to get to the quarterback. And then, of course, you got year two Aiden Hutchinson. James Houston has the opportunity to continue this storybook run and become an actual force when it comes to sacking the quarterback. Once again, he costs you probably nothing right now. So why not just grab him, wait and see, see how the start of the season plays out. Once again, it could have been a flash in the pan, absolutely. But how angry would you be if you knew that you had an opportunity to get him for pennies on the dollar in the offseason and end up not taking advantage of that? James Houston, linebacker slash D-line in some leagues for the Detroit Lions. Next guy I'm going to talk about is a high draft capital player. That's George Karloftis. Slow start to his rookie campaign. Really slow in the first eight weeks or so of the season. But you could see it. If you looked at the deeper stats, if you looked at QB hurries, if you looked at you know those rush attempts, George was getting there but not getting the sacks. Second half of the year comes around. He picks up the pace. Finished the last seven games of the season with five and a half sacks. Had him spaced out too, so your your balance of scoring was there. He had a sack in every game except for one, except for two because one of them was a half sack game. Early season metrics showed him getting to the quarterback, as I stated, just not getting the sacks. So we could see this train coming down the tracks. We knew this team would be in winning situations to get him to put his ears back, get to the quarterback. And then he had a great postseason. This guy's primed for a double-digit sack year and could arguably be the second or third best pass rusher coming out of, you know, this year out of these this rookie class. Now, now second-year class. So... I think Aiden Hutchinson still finishes above him, but George Karloftis could surpass Kayvon Thibodeau this year for number two as far as sacks goes in 2023. Next player we're going to talk about is a Dallas Cowboy named Duran Bland. Cornerback. I know, cornerbacks. I know, I know. Seth, you never talk about cor- I get it. This guy plays nickel. A little different. That's the only quarterbacks I really like to talk about normally. Came in essentially after week six. So week seven into the season. 54 tackles. Five interceptions. Five interceptions as a rookie. And essentially 12 games. He 
just played his heart out. Was not afraid to make the tackles. Was all over the field. Yeah, there's concerns that Jordan Lewis could take his job back because he had a list Frank injury last year, and that's what sidelined him. But if you take a guy off the field that had five interceptions for your defense and you don't find a way to use him, you shouldn't be coaching in the NFL. Fact of the matter is, he ran with his opportunity. He showcased his ability as a fifth-round draft pick, and he showed that he's not afraid to get in there and be one of the best nickel corners in the league. You got a guy that, no kidding, was about to average, what, 80 tackles and seven interceptions for a full season. I get it. Interceptions are a wild stat, but the tackles don't lie. You get a nickel guy in there, he's going to play well. Jordan Lewis, solid player, never has put up numbers like that in his career. You know how many career interceptions he has? Eight. This guy almost got surpassed half of that in one season and not even a full season. So the fact of the matter is that Bland, I feel, is going to hold on to the opportunity. Obviously, this is something you're going to watch for preseason. You're going to see where the depth charts line out. But the fact is, Bland is more talented than Jordan Lewis, and he should be on the field because of it. So Deron Bland, cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, probably on waivers. Nobody probably has him in your league unless it's a super deep league. Grab him. We're going to bounce back to linebackers here, and it's Troy Anderson. Listen, I there's no denying that I've been a Troy Anderson truther since the start of last season. Third-round draft pick out of Montana. He played quarterback, running back, linebacker. I don't know who else played on that team. It was just him, basically, against the rest of the team. But the fact of the matter is, this dude's athletic, Okay. And he's on a team, the Atlanta Falcons, that lets their linebackers get their stats. One, if you pay attention to box scores, Atlanta Falcons are very heavy on the assist tackle category. That's a little bit of a you know, subjective stat. They like to really hand them out. It's kind of like Oprah over there is running the, running the stat log. You get, a, you get a tackle. You get a tackle. Everybody gets a tackle. So that's the biggest bonus that you can get when you have a team that is just going to throw around those assisted bonus points, right? He's athletic, and he'll be on the field for all three downs. He is probably their best coverage linebacker on the team. Here's the concern. They brought in Caden Ellis. Not worried about it. Caden's going to play one of the outside linebackers. Will or Troy Anderson will play the middle linebacker spot. Think he's going to start over Mikel Walker, who's only owed $1 million this year. They might even trade him before the season starts if they can find a suitor. Anderson has top 24 linebacker upside. When he played last year and he got a significant amount of the stat, the snaps, he put up tackle numbers. Troy Anderson will have his breakout year in year two for these Atlanta Falcons. Now we're going to shift over to some safeties. Last two players we're going to talk about are safeties. First one, 
This is a guy that should have been better. Let's be honest. Should have been better. Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame, plays for the Baltimore Ravens. There's no denying it. Extremely disappointing rookie year given how hyped this dude was coming out of Notre Dame. Just, you, you, if you had him on your team, which I have him on some teams, just was like, what's going on? I don't understand, right? This guy supposed to be the next coming of a Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed kind of hybrid awesomeness. That's what, you know, that's what the movie trailers told me. That's what I was thinking. That's what I saw in college. Fact of the matter is, poor rookie year. Why was it poor, Seth? Well, for starters, he only got to play 50% of the snaps. They eased him in very, very slowly. Is that part of how complicated the scheme for the Ravens is? Maybe. Back half of the year, got more and more playing time. Picked it up, picked it up. Was relevant starter by the end of the year. His stats were disappointing, but they weren't terrible. They were only disappointing because of the draft capital that you probably put into this safety, especially when you look at a Jaquan Brisker and you look at a Jalen Petrie, who were literally top five safeties in the entire NFL, not just rookies, as rookie year. So you just feel like you just got, you know, gut punched, even worse. But 62 tackles, two sacks. That's what Kyle Hamilton had. Oh, by the way, he only played 50% of the snaps. 50% of his rookie year is what he played. And he got 62 tackles and two sacks. Obviously, that's not hard math, right? 124 tackles, four sacks. You get that out of a safety, yeah, you're pretty excited about your, your pick right there. So do not give up on the Kyle Hamilton. 50% of his snaps is what he played rookie year. What did they do this offseason? They traded away Chuck Clark, who started every single game for the Ravens last year. Kyle Hamilton is that dude this year, and I personally could see him finishing higher than Petrie and Brisker at the end of this season. Why? I think both of them come down to earth a little bit. I think both those offenses are at least a little bit more relevant. Maybe not Houston, but definitely Chicago. The only tough part with Kyle Hamilton is he's on a good team, which is, you know, you're going to be on the field last. And even worse, he's on a good team that likes to run the ball, a.k.a. time of possession, a.k.a. the games go by faster and the offense runs the clock out. Less opportunities for that defense. But then again, that's what that team was like last year, even after Lamar got hurt, 50%, 162 tackles. Look for a bounce back or breakout because he's never had a great season yet in the NFL for Kyle Hamilton, safety for the Ravens. Now the final player we're going to talk about of my seven players to watch for their year two breakouts is a bit of a deeper dive. Brian Cook, safety for the Chiefs. Rookie year, didn't play a lot. Played behind Juan Thornhill last year. Why does that matter? Juan Thornhill's no longer a chief. That's what matters. So Cook is in line to take the starting job. He only played over 75% of the snaps in two games last year, did Brian Cook. And in those two games, he averaged five-plus tackles. 
I'm not saying this guy's going to finish as a safety one. What I am saying is he's on your waiver wire right now, and he's about to play for a team that is going to have a lot of opportunities, deep secondary, intercepting the ball, being able to be on the field late in games as the Chiefs are winning in passing situations. Brian Cook has the ability to be a borderline safety two, most likely safety three in the NFL this year. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying these guys are going to blow the doors off and be the greatest players of all time. I'm saying that they didn't have a great first year, and I feel like they are about to have a much, much better second year. All the players that we've talked about are players that you can start. Maybe not every single week, depending on your roster, but you have bye weeks. You have injuries. All the time, defensive players get hurt. Have some of these guys in your hip pocket to be able to throw out there and get them before people realize what the depth charts are looking like. What Now that the draft's over and we kind of really have an understanding, could they change some? Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, if they let Juan Thornhill go, they didn't draft a safety in the draft, they like Brian Clark. That's what that tells me, right? That's what those kind of things tell me. Kyle Hamilton, first-round draft pick. They eased him in last year. By the end of the year, he was a force. Troy Anderson, third-round draft pick. Played behind some linebackers late in the year. They let, it to, they let him see what he could do, and he didn't disappoint. George Karloftis, late first-round talent. We knew it would be a bit of a slower start for him, but he perfected it down the stretch. He is understanding what it takes to pass rush in the NFL. Deron Bland, injury put him into a situation that I think he'll stay in and keep the job and stay successful. James Houston was an undrafted player that nobody gave a chance to. So what did he do? He went out there and had probably the best sack-to-snap ratio in the NFL ever. Don't know that. It's off the top of my head, but I'm sorry, but I don't know anybody else that played snaps and got one every 18 snaps unless there was a dude that played five snaps and got a sack, and that's all he played all year long. And then Kayvon, you know, very high draft capital. Looked great when he was playing. He just had a nagging knee injury from a cheap shot early in the season, and that caused him to be a little bit more of a slow starter. The opportunity for every single one of these guys is there, and they're all looked down upon at this point in time based upon their rookie season. The only one that might not be on the downtrend or at least lower than they were at the end of last or the start of last year is George Karloftis because of the Super Bowl run and because of the late season boost to his play. There are some notable people not on this list. Trayvon Walker. The more I look at it, I think he's going to be okay. But he's going to have to take some massive steps forward in his play to see what happens. Another one, you might think, well, what about Chad Muma, Seth? He looked pretty good at the end of last year. He did. Devin Lloyd definitely hit some sort of a wall last year. He got a little banged up, and it just, he was not himself. The first half of the year, that dude was a top-five linebacker, and then something happened. They didn't really talk about injuries. 
per se. I mean, he was like, you know, a little banged up, but they didn't talk about anything being severe. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. Devin Lloyd, from everything I saw from him last year, I, I think he's the real deal. I think that he showed that he can be the real deal. So I, I'm a wait and see. I think Chad could go back to more of a reserve role for that team. Chad's a great player. He went to a bad situation, and that happens. What about Christian Harris, Seth? He looked pretty solid last year. Yeah, he did. I don't feel comfortable putting him on my list of breakouts when he's going to a new defensive coach, a new regime that didn't draft him, and then they went ahead and drafted a couple other people and brought in some other linebackers. Denzel Perryman's there. Christian Kirksey's still there. I'm going to wait and see how that one shakes out, right? It's understandable. We're talking about guys that you feel really comfortable about. That's just where I feel with those kind of situations. It's tough. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you didn't draft them last year, you liked them. These are the guys that the stats, the tape, everything shows. They're probably trending up. If you have people that just look at year-end stats and are like, well, that guy wasn't very good. That's not the story. It's not the whole story. Rookies take a little bit of time to get on the field. When they get on the field, do they act like a James Houston? Do they act like a George Karloftis after he gets comfortable? Some of these guys only got to play the second half of the year. You know, if George Karloftis only played the second half of the year and never played in the beginning, would he have even got that breakout momentum going? That's the kind of thing that you have to kind of understand and look at. Pay attention to the offseason. The teams are telling you what they think of players by the signings they make, the draft picks they choose, and the conversations that you hear in the rumor mill. People only talk about trades because somebody said something first. So that at least tells me that they're willing to part with somebody if that's the case. So we're going to keep focusing on this getting into the offseason, right? We're just going to start gaining more and more steam. We're going to start talking about these players more and more. But we always get excited about the new rookie class, and we forget about the second-year players that maybe just weren't there. And I'll tell you what, right now, there's another guy I could have added. Would have ruined the whole seventh thing. But N'Kobe Dean, obviously, third-round draft pick. They decided not to draft any other linebackers. They're letting him run it with it with T.J. Edwards gone. That guy... Easily could be a top 15 linebacker, just out of opportunity alone. So the the choices are all around you. Throw a trade together, add one of these guys in as a kind of add-on piece that you'll get back and be happy that you did. Because your offense is going to be fun. It's going to be scoring some points. But as always, defense wins fantasy. We'll see you next week.